This is Spiritual Reality Plainly Seen, the podcast that takes a look at spirituality in our lives and the world around us. Here's your host, Dr. Frank Kaufman. Good morning. I'm doing a piece uh, today on inspiration. I'm following a typical pattern of mine, as many of you may know by now. I have a young friend who is a teacher of mine, and uh, and the special thing I enjoy about reading uh, the talks he's given over time is he always comes up with a distinct angle or a unique twist on things. So he's not kind of plumbing the depths of some unknown corner of the universe and uh, revealing things that only he knows, but rather just the natural assumptions of how he speaks about important matters, uh, always, many, many times, just hits an angle or a twist or an approach or a facet that fundamentally redefines things for me and, uh, and in important ways. They're kind of life-changing through the icons of uh, small gems. And that's the case again this morning. He was talking to one of these groups of people who sit with him and learn from him. And he started speaking about inspiration. And so I'll read a little bit on what he was describing and explaining to the people who were there. He says, when you think about inspiration, we have to ask, is there some kind of pattern? Is there a formula through which inspiration is achieved? I think so. I'll stop the reading for a second. This is right away something that is a fundamental flip on everything I ever thought about inspiration. We all know that inspiration is something we desire. We all know that it moves us in deep ways and helps helps us have the hope and the commitment and the determination and commit to the labor of making ourselves better people. We seek inspiration. We seldom describe the pursuit of base, mundane, or even addictive or harmful, quote-unquote, joys, sex, drugs, as as inspiring. Uh, people chase them down, uh, but they're not chasing down inspiration. They're chasing down carnal pleasures or escapisms of some sort. So inspiration is something that is automatically regarded as a positive infusing into our souls and into our beings and into our higher selves. And it's something we seek, something we desire. But I believe that the common assumption about inspiration is that is out of our hands. It comes from elsewhere. We have no control over whether or not we encounter things that are inspiring or not, things that inspire us or somebody chooses to tell us something or somebody sends us a video or we read a book. uh, It's something outside of us. It's something which comes to us. It's something which is given to us. And yet we so seek it, we so desire it. It is so important and so helpful in our lives. And yet we're treating it or thinking of it as something that is totally outside of our control. It's entirely in the hands of the universe or fate or some some uh, thing that we can't control, and yet it is such an important thing. And so here he says in the very first effort, is there a formula through which inspiration is achieved? I think so. Even using the 
the uh, word achieved, meaning that it is something that we can produce, that we can strive for, that we can, that we participate in the creation of. This to me is fantastic because it's su- it's such an important component of that side of me which I can admire and invest in and hope to become better than my dreams of attaining ways that are genuinely loving, genuinely helpful, genuinely compassionate. Inspiration is so closely connected to those pursuits. And suddenly this guy is saying, is introducing his assumption that it is not something for which we're simply passive. Is there a formula through which inspiration is achieved? I think so, he says. All right, so reading on then. Inspiration arises when we see patterns, when we see things connect and work together. Also, inspiration comes in the form of stages. It develops from novice level to most complete. For those of us who seek to know and see how God is working in the world, or see God's work in the world, or see God's hand in the world, we get inspired when we see big clues come together. When that happens, extremes come together, where there has been nothing but conflict for eons, and you see the possibility of resolution, that gives you inspiration. Obvious things. When you see a child sacrificing herself for the sake of her parents, or vice versa, when you see the passing of the guard, the passing of authority, happening with fluid motion, without any controversy, without any conflict between generational differences or arrogance, you get inspired. That's what happens when you're inspired. When you see the basic recognition of things happening and coming together, that inspires you. Those things inspire you. So what my reading this morning with this friend and teacher did for me was was to introduce two things. One is that he removed inspiration, this all-important nutrient of us pursuing the best of ourselves. He removed it out of the world of chance, out of the kind of big shrug, oh, I hope that happens to me today. I hope somebody inspires me. I hope something inspires me. This kind of, this kind of passive, vulnerable, non non-responsible, non-engaged, non-participatory approach to something as crucial and vital as inspiration, as being inspired. Instead, he approached it with interest, with curiosity, to want to see what are its components, what is it made of? Is there some way that we can be involved in understanding where to find it, how to find it, how to be responsible for that element which is so crucial in our self-development. This was, this was a huge and, I believe, extremely important matter for people who are committed to paths of spiritual growth and paths of self-improvement. Inspiration is central to, the, to such a path. And to live our whole life, or as I have probably, I think, live my whole life feeling no particular responsibility for that thing which is so central, and just kind of thinking, oh, I hope I'm inspired, or, uh, and then just being excited or grateful that, 
that, oh, that was inspiring, that was a beautiful movie. Or, But instead, my friend here takes a serious look at it, recognizes the importance of it, and wants to know what, are, what its components are, and begins to understand it, and introduces two important matters about its nature. One is that he, he uh, identifies what he believes are the essential elements or nature of inspiration itself. And that is seeing patterns, connecting dots, seeing how things work together. That what a beautiful breakdown, what a beautiful insight, what a, what a beautiful discovery and presentation that this thing we call inspiration, which probably just generally have thought of as feeling good or feeling happy or feeling hope or things like that. But what is it made of? He says it's made of when presented to us that things are have patterns, that they function smoothly, that they work together, that their interrelationality is divine in a way. In a certain way, the recognition of patterns is the recognition of God in certain important ways. And then the second thing he does is describes an, an evolutionary or progressive view of how we function in our relationship with inspiration. There's, there's, the gro- there's the formation, the beginning, the novice, the growth, the intermediary, beginning to have some familiarity, some command, and, and the completion or the, or the fulfillment or the realization or the command of inspiration like anything you do, like playing the piano or playing shortstop or, or fencing as a, as a sport. So here's a fantastic gift just in a couple of words. Inspiration, something we all love and adore, something we've all tended to be passive about, almost in the victim thing. Oh, I hope I get inspired. Oh, I, have not, I can't control this. I just hope people inspire me. And then shifting that into something that we ourselves bear responsibility and have the capacity to produce. And then finally identifying what that is that's being produced. And that is investing in the capacity to see clues, to see patterns. And when we're looking for in patterns in a highly dynamic reality, that is the dynamic of the divine in human affairs and in world affairs, and the dynamic of the fluctuation of discrete entities, the material world, and their constant motion. And so to see connections or patterns, these things inspire us. And, fin- and finally, the chance truth that this would inevitably, like anything else, be perfectible, be improvable, be something we can work on. And then to conclude, those things that he identifies of seeing patterns, it's actually seeing harmony. The, the things he picks are to see a child awakening to the beauty of helping parents with their burden, or parents exerting parental love to help open the way for children to attain and achieve and progress and improve, or the smooth transition of authority from one generation to the next, or the emerging reconciliation in areas of conflict. One might imagine the Middle East or possibly India, Pakistan, or I don't want to pick areas. I believe all of them have the capacity to harmonize soon. So after introducing all the 
the subtle minutiae and the and the graspability of inspiration, not leaving it some fuzzy thing with with no clarity. And then the and then the examples are when looking for the big connection, the big patterns, God and the world, or the divine in the mundane affairs. Those those big connections we see. He identifies all the occasions of greater harmony, greater unity, the th- things that are naturally known to be the beauty of life. Love, there's connection. Parental to child, child to parent. How about husband to wife? And finally, peace, the huge universe of interrelationality where long-standing conflict is resolved. That means that things are falling into their pattern, falling into structures and dynamics where fluidity and harmony and beauty arise out of the relations rather than ugliness and discord. So that's my piece for today. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Talk to you again soon.